Bare Naked ABCs, where we tell the Bare Naked ladies how much we love their music in the hopes that they'll come on our <laughs> podcast. But we know they just turn us down and ignore us. So, but we keep trying, anyways. Yes, right? they're always welcome to come on the show. <laughs> I am Tracy, your host. I'm interesting, right? You're. You, you want to keep? Yes. You want to keep talking to me, right? You definitely want to and- keep talking to you. I mean, I'm no looker. I mean, I don't tend to make a lot of those stupid pickup lines that Aaron does. And and Michelle over there, you know, is already taken. So I'm the one that you want to be with and spend more time with, right? (laughs) Wait, wait, don't turn us off yet. Let me at least tell you about our song for this week. Come on, you know that you want to hear what the song is, right? This week's song, we are not going to be covering. This is the first time we are skipping a song. We are not going to be covering Bare Naked Ladies' cover of Bittersweet Symphony. Reason we're not covering it, just to be honest, I couldn't find it anywhere. I know that it supposedly exists. I know it was one of their old songs. I know that somewhere out there, I believe it was on the Yellow Tape CD Plus, but I haven't been able to find anywhere to get a hold of that, and it's not online anywhere. Since it's not accessible anywhere... We're not going to cover it. Sorry, B&L. It would be nice if they would come on the show and perform it live and unplugged for us. And we oh, could do the yeah. review right in front of them. <laughs> that would be wonderful. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so we are going to skip that song and we're going to move on to Blacking Out, which is a bonus song from the 2013 album Grinning Streak. I'd be kidding myself to think that I'd be any use to Like you, the listeners, it's a little hard to get. But if you play your hand right and you know where to look, you might get it to come home with you. It's on Canadian's iTunes and on the Target download when you get downloaded for extra. Um, but other than that, it's not available on a regular CD. It's only available on downloads. Yes. So, it is a song by Ian Lafarve. I hope I pronounced that right. And Ed Robertson, who gets the second billing on this. So I'm guessing that he was the secondary person writing it, uh, but they collaborated on it. So your thoughts, Michelle, on this song? Well, it's funny because I have my notes here in front of me. And the first thing that I wrote was meh. On my first listening, that was kind of my reaction. And when you just said, I don't go into the research as much as you do. Um, I just kind of... I go for my emotional response and how do I connect with the song? That's what I'm kind of interested in and kind of the psychology of the song. Um, So when you just said that it was co-written with someone else, that made sense to me because one of my other notes is this is not their usual sound. No. I found it to be, um, I I thought it was grittier, not their usual sound. Um, On the first listen, I thought it was okay. But the more I listened to it, the more it grew on me. Like by mm-hmm. the by the third or fourth time, I was like, okay, I'm kind of connecting to this song. I'm I'm digging it. Um, I definitely thought it sounded like a it should be a TV show theme or a movie theme or it should be in a scene in a movie. You know what I mean? Like it mm. sounded like a montage definitely. sequence or something to that effect. But I grew to like it 
quite a bit. You know what this would be? This is kind of, to me, like the more I think of it, and this is getting a little bit into the meaning of the song. To me, the thought behind this song, for me, and the more I think of it, is that skit from SNL of of uh what is love i don't remember what they call oh that. The, the two the, guys night the roxby yes yeah yes the Look, brothers and it, yes because they just keep trying and they know they're gonna get turned down and that's what this song is yes. like the guy it's it's pessimistic and 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 almost like very dark in the and caustic in the way the song but at the same time it's very pessimistic that this guy keeps getting up and he keeps get, going up there and he keeps trying even though he's going to keep getting shut down and turned down i know this um, is going to end badly but i'm still going to do this anyway yeah yeah and i mean it doesn't go along with that song like with that dance like they wouldn't dance to this song but this is the theme of this that this is their whole psychology movie. yes this is their yes. thing that's interesting <laughs> it's it's funny cuz i could definitely the, the sound was definitely not BNL. And I would, I'll be interested to hear what Aaron says about it all. But definitely, um, one of my other notes was if I wanted to hear this sound, BNL is not the band that I would go to. No. You know what I mean? But it, I, it felt more like them the more I listened to it. But on my first listen, I'm like, whoa, what is this? What am I hearing? It was very much, I, I think it had a lot of the flavor of Lafarve. Yes. <laughs> Not Brett Favre, Lafarve. Lafarve. Um, and I don't know if you listen to any of the music that I happened to send your way later in the week. I mean, I know it was late, yes. late stuff. Um, of Ian's old stuff. So Ian, for for people that don't know, is a he was part of the band Starling, which originally, when it first came out, was thought to be the big up and comer of the time, um, but then didn't really go anywhere. They had two CDs that they put out um, in between breakups. Well, they they had a CD that came out, broke up, came back together, had another CD, and then later on changed their name to the Hundreds and Thousands. And had another CD that came out. Um, so they have three CDs, depending on the name, the name of the group that you're looking at. I think that this sounds a lot like that group. Interesting. I didn't. I was. I watched some of the other videos that you sent, but I must have missed that one in the thread. Um, There's no video. It's just you have to look at the CD, and it's really hard to get a hold of the CD. Oh. I had to go to four different places. Got in order it. to get a hold of the CD and able to listen to it, one of which was Barnes and Noble, um, but I had to look for probably a good fifteen twenty minutes, even on Barnes and Noble, to get it. Interesting. With those, um, they're very distorted sound. Yes, they're a much more caustic band with their names of their songs. So, for example, you the names of their songs are like Bullet Train Wreck, All Around, uh, All Alone. Don't talk to me. Like those are the, some of their bigger ones. So, like you get this like yes. this very caustic look on humanity, yes. which is yeah, B and L can be that way sometimes too, which is why they would match up. But they're more good natured about it. They're not so obvious yes. about it. Yes, they're it's very Canadian. Yes, in the way that they hide it behind their their politeness, and it's weird because it doesn't seem to go on this album. Like we had talked before about how how the album before this, um, All in Good Time, yes. is a very um, sad, melancholic breakup so, uh, breakup album. 
it was very much them reacting to the breakup of the, of the group and, and all the other things that were going on in their lives at the time, which were very sad events. This was the, the one grinning streak, which is what this is connected with was a very happy album in that they were re- re- repairing and responding from that. So you have best damn friend on there. You have, did I say that out loud, which is a positive song gonna walk, which is a staple of their concerts now where the audience is singing along with them smile daydreaming like it's a positive album and then you got this song which is positively optimistic around this negative event that keeps happening right and it's really weird i can see why it was left off the album proper but i actually like this song too like the more i listen to it the more i ended up liking it it kind of like crawls in there and attaches itself to you and you kind of like once I, I think once I got over feeling like this is that I'm making air quotes right now. Once I got over air quotes, this is not what BNL sounds like. Once I accepted the song as for itself, then I was kind of into it. Yeah. Yeah. And it's weird. So like, what did you compare the sound to? I like, was trying to, I was trying to think of something in a way it kind of sounded like, bands from like the late 90s early 2000s but i couldn't put my thing you know that kind of that kind of era um but i couldn't quite get my i was trying to come up with a band name and i just couldn't but it, it had definitely had an interesting sound for sure see the ones i connected it to were um oingo boingo and adamant from the 80s yes just that almost it's not techno i don't know the correct word to kind of fit in i'm sure that if aaron were here i'd be able to say he'd be able to say yeah that's the term for this type of music but it's that form of music that very experimental type sound and then the one that really hit it home i happened to be listening to it it popped up on my on my itunes i'm like that's it tainted love by soft cell yes that that beginning of that just like i'm gonna i'm gonna splice that in here I listened to it and then I went back and I listened to this song. I'm like, wow. Like, the similarity is amazing. Obviously, it's nowhere near. It's not the same. Right. It's not the same. I mean, there's no way they would end up in court or anything like that. But there's a lot of similarity. It's almost like that, like, Lafarve's group has a lot of, like, that taints from that, so to speak. Interesting. Um, yeah, this is a very significant departure from their normal type of music, except for the Beach Boys feel. Like the the choruses. Yes, agreed. Have that like mix the harmonies. Of, like, the yeah, the harmonies and the. That's when I felt them you know like okay there's those lush harmonies okay but even that they weren't as lush as they normally are the harmonies were there but it wasn't like that gorgeous deep rich harmony but it was definitely there and you could i felt like the choruses um had a little bit more of the bnl feel the the classic bnl feel i wish people could see us because they would see my air quotes. I'm making air quotes. <laughs> You're making air quotes all over the place. Yes. 
<laughs> so my only problem, uh, well, not only problem, but my one of my problems I have with this song is he switches, and I don't know if this is is Lafarve and Ed writing different things and then coming back together and then collaborating and not totally joining, but the verses versus the chorus, you have first person versus third person. So you have, you know, your verses, you have, I'd be kidding myself to think that I'd be any use to you at all. So it's very first person. This person is now talking about him going out there. And then you get to the verses and you have Ed saying, um, and you give it all that you're worth, make it loud in hopes that you're heard. So now all of a sudden we've switched to third person or, or second person talking to this person. Yes. Um, depending on how, whether they're talking about them or talking to them. Um, so it's really weird that they're, it's, it's obviously this song is about that same person, but it's two different perspectives. And that yes. kind of threw me the first few times I listened to it. Unless that's the only way, air quotes, the narrator um, could, like we all do, like you can talk about yourself in the first person until it comes to something that you're doing that's uh, maybe not in your best interest or so, like a screwed up part of yourself. And then suddenly yeah. it goes to like, you have to distance yourself. Well, you start talking about the, your incident <laughs> and you say to yourself, okay, I'm going to do this. You know what I mean? Like it's that separation of accountability. You know what I mean? Yeah. How, how you can justify. Or yeah. Or maybe it's the talking about the you as in like the, almost like the royal we but the yes. royal you in that the you as in like this is what you us. do but i'm talking about myself but this is what you do yes. this is what we do kind of thing as maybe that's do. kind of mm-hmm. right. <laughs> exactly <laughs> maybe that's what it's doing um but that did throw me a few times i mean i'm not giving it major knocks for that because it it's when i'm sitting down and once again analyzing these songs that it becomes much more obvious about that um, if we were if we were junior high school uh, English teachers, we would have notes on the page about tense, and you have to <laughs> stick with one tense. And please rewrite the paper, Mister Robertson. Right, exactly. <laughs> and the problem is, I, I love Weird Al because of his song Word Crimes. Well, I love him for a million reasons, but I love the song Word Crimes because I am very pedantic, and I know this about myself. Um, I think it's from all those English teachers in the past that used to used to cite me for all that stuff. Yes. Thank you, Mrs. Spencer. Um, <laughs> so, did you have a favorite line from this song? I liked the the one that just stood out to me, and I know it's at the beginning, but it's just another notch in your belt is all that I would end up being. So, tell me something I don't know. It's just like it's not like it's bad until it goes bad. He's saying, "I know I'm going to go into this." thing with you and i'm gonna end up getting hurt but i'm gonna Mm -hmm. do it anyway like i'm gonna i'm gonna black out i'm gonna all the lessons that i've learned before now i'm gonna throw them out the window it's almost like this could be the prequel to thanks that was fun you know what i mean oh (laughs) if if you wanted to look at it that way although i know thanks that was fun was written well before this but it's sort of like right this is what got him in the situation right this is what got him in the situation of thanks that was fun which we'll be talking about in a couple years but you know what i mean like it's (laughs) that makes total sense that's the dynamic that i just love um i was gonna say this is a healthier version of beautiful oh interesting 
this is sort of the other side of the coin of beautiful, maybe. Sort of, yeah. Like, it's in the... That's interesting. I'm going to need to process that because we all know how I reacted to beautiful. Right. And I totally <laughs> respect how you Good and... Reason. And thank you, how you and Aaron walked me through that. That was great. I really appreciated that. Um, but that's interesting. This is sort of like more to the story. Like this, right. this, if I think of it that way, this song makes beautiful more tolerable to me. Like, well, I've been listening to a lot more songs since we recorded Beautiful. Mm -hmm. Like, I've been listening, I listen to BNL incessantly, anyways, and, and my wife would tell you that. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, like, as I listen to it with that another that another way of looking and listening to the music now I've almost a part of me has now come to the understand that when BNL is writing their songs, they're doing it only from that narrator's point of view and they're discounting all other points of view in that writing it. And I think in doing that, if I'm able to accept those other points of view differently and not necessarily accept them, but tolerate them, um, but yeah, you, I listen to a lot more of the songs like Jane and, and stuff like that. And I'm like, yeah, it's obviously a very one-sided point of view. And we don't know where Jane's point of view of this is. And we'll be covering Jane in a year and a half. Um, Which I can't but, wait for. <laughs> I'm very excited for her. Although the more I listen to her, I'm like, wow, taking it from this other beautiful point of view. Like, if I take it from this girl's point of view, I'm totally going to ruin this song. Because it's a very <laughs> different song that way. Uh, but we'll have to get to that down the road. Um, but this is another one of those songs, like, we're only given the narrator's point of view of this situation. We don't even know, like, if she would reject him, if she wouldn't reject him, um, if it would be just a one-night stand. All we know is that's his perspective of what this woman must be thinking. Mm. Or well, may maybe it's a cycle that they keep going through. Like, this is what they do. This is it's It might the, be. You know, it's the same person. Round and round they go. Where they stop, nobody knows. Right. Except they do know, and it, the same thing happens every single time. <laughs> My favorite line from this is that, and you give it all that you're worth, make it loud in hopes that you're heard, and with your deepest guts just strewn and spilling out. Like, what a very visceral line that is, but it paints such a picture immediately. Mmm, wicked. And, that and then all, the other line I like is that you call your name, you call her name as she turns and you know you've already blown it. Like, that's such... That's pretty profound. That has to be an Ed line because that feels... It feels like an Ed line. Doesn't right it? There. Like, so <laughs> profound, does. you know? Like, he's so good at laying out a simple sentence that is, like, worlds deep. You know, it's miles deep and there's so many levels to it. And that's so good. And that's why we love Ed Robertson, if you're listening. We'd love for you to come on the show. That's oh, all. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and I have to say, like, this is putting myself out, out there a little bit. Like, I resonate with that line. As, as a person, like, and it's, I hate to say this, but in the world where, where men are mainly, you know, 85% of the times the ones going out and, and asking and, and putting that foot out there about attempting for a date, that, like, idea that you're putting yourself out there and like i've had that feeling like yeah i know i'm already i'm already gonna blow this but i might as well try like it just resonated with me yes 
I, you know what? It's funny too, because I've got the lyrics in front of me here and that, that sequence of lines and you give it all your worth, make it loud and hope that you're heard. It's kind of like my twenties, you know, it's just my twenties yeah. were a mess, but like, <laughs> I'm going to try my hardest and I'm going to try to, you know, make something work and make this happen. And it's a disaster and my life is a crazy mess, but I'm going to try this anyway. So (laughs) it's, it's pretty profound, actually, the lyrics in this song. I mean, if you apply it to a broader sense and not just a relationship, which is what it kind of seems like this is, but if you, you know, apply the hoping against hope that this is not going to end in disaster. I I know it is, but I'm going to try my damnedest anyway. Like, that's kind of like, come on team, let's do this. (laughs) Yeah. There's that hopeful optimism that's in there. Yes. It's interesting. It really is. It really is. So ratings. If I had a wish or even a choice, I'd wake up to the sound of your Ratings. You know, it's funny. I was trying to come up with um, what the rating would be, and all I could think of was belt notches. How many belt notches <laughs> do we give this? Just from that line at the beginning, it just sort of stuck yeah. out with me. And um, I give the song a 3.75. My original score was lower, um, but as I listened to it several times, I just, I cranked it up a little bit. Three point, it's a good song. It's, it's not the quote unquote BNL sound that I would go to if I wanted to listen right. to BNL. But if the song was on now that I've listened to it several times, I'd listen to it and it's, it's decent. You know what I mean? So yeah. 3.75, good solid score. How about you? That is a good solid score. I gave it exactly the same score, three point seven five. Wow! Yeah, you and I, I had don't not heard this song before this week. Rate the same, so that's pretty interesting. I know that's pretty. That's interesting. It'll be interesting to see what Aaron gives us. Yeah, so. interesting. I think this might be a first that you and I gave a song mm-hmm. the same score. So I'll hold off and wait before I give this the final. Uh, right. we'll, we'll see what happens. Rating in our ranks before I move it. Um, because we'll wait for Aaron's score, but... I think it probably is. So, I'm I'm getting some weird interference on this side, Michelle. It keeps getting staticky. It's like we're getting someone trying to come in and and join us. Join in. Hold hold on, let's see if I can fix that. Alright, let's break it down. I I think it's Aaron. Hold on. Aaron, Aaron, can you you hear me? Alright, let's break Uh, it down. Alright, let's break it down. Alright, Okay, can you give us your your rating can you just tell us like can you give us your idea of how you, what you think about this song blacking out was recorded at exactly 135 beats per minute again this one is exactly to tempo which leads me to believe that they used electronic drums or a metronome or a click track during recording or they're just you know perfectly on beat because they're superhuman mutants <laughs> possible uh, the verse seems to have been written in A Mixolydian. Mixolydian is the fifth mode of a major scale, meaning you play the scale starting on its fifth degree. Now, if you're not a music theorist, have no fear. What this essentially means is that you play the same notes as the regular standard scale, which we call the Ionian mode, but you start at a different note. So most people know that you can play the C major scale on the piano without striking any black keys. That is the Ionian mode of the C major scale. 
meaning you start building it on the C. The Mixolydian mode of the C major is G Mixolydian, so you start playing on the G, but you use the same notes as you would playing a regular C major scale. So just like the C scale, you would strike no black keys on the piano keyboard. Now you may well be asking yourself, what's the difference? After all, it's the same notes, right? But the difference is where home is within the scale. I've spoken before on this show about tension and resolution, the idea of coming home. Typically in Western music, we have a tonic or a musical home, usually the one chord, and we travel away from that chord, which builds a feeling of tension, lesser or greater, depending on what chords are moved to. And then the tension is finally resolved when you return home to the tonic. There's an apocryphal tale about Bach that he was on his deathbed, and I believe his nephew, the details aren't that important because it's probably a myth anyways, but they say his nephew was playing a piece of music and stopped before playing the final chord, usually where the song resolves with uh, finality. They say Bach got out of bed and shambled over to the harpsichord just to play the final chord and resolve it. And while I doubt the veracity of the story, the musical truth that lies within it is that it is indeed very frustrating, even to an untrained ear, but especially to a trained ear, to hear something go unresolved. The next time you see a piano keyboard, strike the C key and then move up, playing every white key in sequence until you get to B, then stop. You'll experience a certain sense of longing to hear that final C. Anyway, in a mode that is not Ionian, the tonic is no longer the letter of the chord. So the tonic for C major Ionian is of course C but the tonic for G Mixolydian is G, in spite of the fact that you're playing the same notes as the standard C major Ionian scale, because you're starting on the C, pardon me, you're starting on the G and you're ending on the G building the, the chord. So the intervals between the notes, even though the notes are the same, will sound different because the tonic center has shifted. The next time you see a piano or a keyboard, uh, play the G key and then proceed to play all the white keys all the way up until the next G, and you'll hear what I mean. Even though you're playing the same notes uh, as a standard C major scale, it's not going to sound the same at all. So the verse of the song seems to be in A Mixolydian, and the chorus is decidedly in G major. The more I listened to this song, the more I liked it, and this has been the case with a lot of BNL's later work. I think they have become more musically sophisticated as time goes on in a lot of ways. Perhaps not as fun in some ways. Um, I like the brutal emotional honesty and the zaniness that seems to have marked a lot of their early career, at least from my limited perspective. We're only on the B's here. Um, but this song it certainly is fun and interesting, uh, but I can't recommend it over something like A or Alcohol or Alternative Girlfriend or Brian Wilson or Be My Yoko Ono. Um, but it's pretty great, especially the chorus. That's another thing I've noticed. With the older stuff, I tend to love the bridges or middle eight as it is perhaps more properly known. Uh, we've discussed this before where the bridge or middle eight tends to s contain the emotional core of the song and also happens to be beautiful. Uh, my hypothesis is this comes largely from Steven as in the later stuff, I tend to like the chorus more than I like anything else. This song is no exception. The chorus is rocking. It's a lot of fun. It's got some beautiful vocal harmonies. I really enjoy the chorus. Uh, I think it's even more effective after the sort of wonky sounding Mixolydian verse and by the way, I think the verse being in Mixolydian mode is meant to stimulate being drunk. It puts you off balance. Uh, it itself is not standing on its, its <laughs> pardon me, it, it in itself is not standing on its feet. It's more like it's on its head. It's a bit upside down or sideways. That's a nice touch. Again, I love uh, kind of thematic or programmatic musical elements, so I certainly enjoyed that. Anyway, the structure of the song is as follows. You've got the intro, which is the A chord. Uh, the verse follows the same pattern, more or less. So you got A, A, 
the free chorus section, which we'll call B. The first chorus, we'll call that C. Uh, verse 2 goes back to A, pre-chorus B, chorus C. Uh, then you have the chorus, the... Uh, the third is the uh, second chorus is um, kind of extended into being twice as long as the first instance. You could call that second part of the chorus the bridge, but honestly, I, I'm going to call the instrumental section that precedes that the bridge. Uh, so we've got uh, A A B C A B C. Now instrumental section bridge will be D. Then there's another chorus. Uh, so again C, and that's also twice as long. And kind of the outro ends after that on the chorus changes there. Um, so I don't know if we call that, yeah, we could probably end with the C. So I guess that'd be A, A, B, C, A, B, C, D, C, or Ab, Cab, Kaduck. <laughs> One of the more complex song structures that we've heard from them, although, you know, a lot of the sections are fairly similar, but ultimately a very nice song and a damn sight better than most bands could hope to write, I think. I dare say. Uh, but not one of their all-time best, in my opinion. Damn it, Tracy, you're turning me into a hardcore BNL fan. Now, I can't hear these lyrics without thinking about a great line from one of my favorite comedians, John Mulaney, who said something like, blacking out, or as I like to call it, time traveling. <laughs> because in effect, you really are, right? Like, your stream of consciousness leaps in time if you black out. Um, not that I want to encourage any young science fiction fans out there to go and get blackout drunk, or even older ones, for that matter. Please drink responsibly. But, I mean, ostensibly, this song is lyrically about someone chatting a lady up at a pub, as they might say in England. But I rather like the idea that it's also about being a musician, getting up on stage and spilling your guts out for all to hear. Listen to these lyrics. And you give it all that you're worth. Make it loud in hopes that you're heard. With your deepest guts just strewn and spilling out. To me... You know, maybe it's just me, but speaking as someone who has experienced the rush of going up on stage and screaming in a vaguely musical way about my personal problems at a crowd, there is no rush like it. Uh, I would compare the thrill of uh, playing music, performing your own personal music live on stage in front of an audience to the risk of asking someone that you really like out, because there's that same danger of judgment and rejection, but doing it is very liberating. But that's just my two cents. That's kind of how I read the song. Ultimately, I really like this one. Maybe maybe as much as Aluminum, which is quite a bit. I give Blacking Out 3.8 DeLoreans out of 5. All right, there we go. Oh, I think I think we lost him. Oh, I think he's gone. Byron. Okay. So for our ratings, um, we had given it belt notches, but Aaron went for DeLoreans, so we can combine that. And I want to just make a note. I think this is the closest the three of us have come to being in agreement on a song. Um, you and I, Tracy, both gave the song a 3.75. Aaron gave it a 3.8. And that moves Blacking Out to number, well, it's tied um, with Bad Day with a 3.77 average. Wow. Yeah. So, so it's. So where does that put us? Well, it puts us. Blacking out is between aluminum and... Interestingly enough. <laughs> right. And bad day, which is tied with it, and adrift. So aluminum, blacking out, right. bad day, and adrift. They're all... That's a nice place to be. Yes, yes. Right around number 15, I think, on the chart. So I'm going to make a proposal for what we should have for our rating scale for today then. Okay. I think it should be Marty McFly's belt loops Ooh, or belt notches. There we go. Marty McFly's belt notches. 
We, we blend the two. <laughs> I love it. Done. All right. <laughs> Interesting. So just announced this week for appearances. Sorry, we're switching over to appearances now. Um, it was just announced this week that Kim Mitchell will be joining Bare Naked Ladies on stage for along with another band. Um, I don't have it right in front of me. Um, I have my wrong device in me for in front of me, so I can't say what on Facebook what it was. But it was announced on Get Bare Naked, which is a wonderful website, by the way, and a wonderful Facebook group and and Twitter group. Um, very connected with the band. It was said that he is going to be joining the band for at least one night on stage, I don't have which night, during this current tour. And it's interesting because Ed, when he was 15 years old, was actually an extra on the video All We Are for Kim Mitchell. Oh, yes. Oh, interesting. And I've got the Facebook page up from the Bare Naked Ladies, June 15th, 2017. It's on the Kim Mitchell page. Oh, nice. But it says, his posters lined my room. His image was sewed to my jean jacket by my mom. I lined up to be in the crowd scenes of his videos. I played about 15 of his songs with my high school band. Such a thrill to spend a night in studio with the incomparable, I don't know, Kim Mitchell. There we go. Yep. Yep. That's cool. Um, It's a very 80s song. I'm going to post the video um, because it is very 80s. It's mostly just Kim Mitchell on stage with the audience in the back and, you know, in front of him. And he is is somewhere in the chorus. Um, I could not see Ed down there, but he was somewhere down there. And and Patrick Lemieux uh, in the Bare Naked Ladies chronology book actually says it as well. It's how I happened to stumble onto it before they announced this. So that was really kind of a cool announcement this week. Now, when you're going out there and looking for it, if you're doing it yourself, instead of looking at our, our links that, that I'm attaching today, don't look for all we are by warlock. Oh, <laughs> I tortured myself watching that five times before I was like, wait, this can't be the right band and double checked and lucky it was something else because that is the most horrendous music I, I don't mind heavy metal. It's not my big love, but I don't mind heavy metal. I do have some heavy metal bands I love. Warlock, I did not enjoy. I'm, I'm going to be nice and just say I did not enjoy, and I drove myself crazy listening to this song. <laughs> That's how dedicated you are. <laughs> I am. I'm so dedicated. I will drive myself insane listening to this stuff. Um, I do have a couple of facts that I want to throw out there because we're, we're crossing the, the yeah. summer here. Yeah. And this is that important summer, 30 years from the date um, that the band came together. So I want to start throwing some important facts out there about their first year. So, or their pre-year because they have not yet gotten together yet. So Ed's early influences were Tom T. Hall, George Jones, and Kenny Rogers. And you can hear that in a lot of his, his songs that he writes. Yes. And his guitar um, playing, his acoustic guitar playing, I think. Yeah. And and he stated that country flat picking and strumming is still a main influence to him as a guitar player. As you said, like, it really makes a lot of sense. Yeah. And he also loved Black Sabbath, which is interesting because it's a very <laughs> opposite from George Jones. <laughs> um, it's in, Here's the interesting thing. He doesn't consider himself a very good guitar player. He says he's more of a performer. And he said, I didn't want to be a hot guitar player. I just wanted to play and sing, you know? So that's from the band's authorized biography. But I thought that he says, it's interesting that he says that, because I think he's actually an amazing guitar player. I I can see from his point of view, thinking that he's more of a performer, 
again with the air quotes, but I think he's not giving himself enough credit because I think he actually is a really good guitar player. Oh, yeah. I think his guitar playing is beautiful. I mean, okay, if you get someone and you put him on stage with, like, Van Halen and tell him to play, like, an amazing, like, like that riff from uh, the Michael Jackson song, like, no, he's probably not going to keep up with Eddie Van Halen at that point. Well, maybe today he might, but... um... But in the 80s... Like, no he offense, probably wouldn't Eddie Van Halen. <laughs> <laughs> but he wouldn't have kept up with him. But, I mean, there are very few that could keep up with Eddie Van Halen. He was an amazing guitar player. Yes. Yeah. But I think in his own way, in his own form of music, he's a beautiful guitar player. Yeah. I mean, I think, I like, think I sit there and I hear job. him say that. And then I think of, like, a song like, and we'll come to it for now. And that is just so beautifully played. Mm. And he's a that, good, he's a great songwriter too. I think. Yes. Yeah, he I can, don't think people he, give him enough credit. He's a great lyricist, that's for sure. Yes. He he can turn a phrase. That's his Scorpio. He can turn a phrase like nobody's <laughs> business. In my opinion, that's whatever. <laughs> if any of you guys do go out there and watch the Warlock video and the <laughs> Warlock song. I'm sorry that I brought it to your attention. I'm sorry that I made you actually watch that. You know what? You can you can just blame that on me. You can blame it all on me. So, we, and that's next week's song is <laughs> blame it on me. <laughs> Perfect. So, <laughs> so join us then and have a good week. Have a good week, everybody. And thanks. That was fun. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.